podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got The Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who Got The Assist? Who Got The Assist? Hello, so we're with you on the hullabaloo of deadline day. We've got our yellow ties on, haven't we, Nick? And uh, yeah, today we'll be talking about that. We're talking about the last game week, game week three, where my mispronunciation of Salah came back to haunt me and thinking about game week four as well. So, Nick, how are you doing during international break and on this very, very exciting deadline day? I'm doing all right, thank you, Tom. With um, no FPL around, I wanted freedom, bound and restricted. I tried to give it up, but I'm addicted. But you don't want to hear about that. You're here to hear us talk about FPL, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, you're right, Nick. So, uh, we are Who Got The Assist. Find us at whogottheassist.com, and also on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL. In this pod, we'll run through this game week's key talking points, obviously talk deadline day, update you guys on the anti-meta Dark Sages team, plus new on watch of this week's going to be very, very exciting, uh, look at market forces, maybe digress into some, some psychology before finally taking our community questions in our dedicated section. Sounds good, Tom. So, how was game week three for you? Well, well, it, it wasn't the best, Nick. <laughs> it wasn't the best, to be honest. I, I took out uh, Kolasinac, uh, who didn't play. I took out Willian, who blanked, uh, and put in Alonso, who got a clean sheet. I put in Richarlison, who, well, a Britos tackle caused him to get uh, do nothing. And I, I, I took out uh, Salah for Pogba, and, and that didn't go too no, well for me. so... Salah got 11 points, obviously, in Pogba. <laughs> Did he get two? He got three. He got three. He? He got so he got three. three. But also, because you sold Kolasinac, he didn't actually play, but you had you would have had Sutner coming off the bench for seven points. Yes, yeah. so that, that translates into a 13-point negative swing from taking the minus four. The Ooh. first of many this year, I'm no, sure. Not, not very good. So it was a red arrow for you, then. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm down to like one point something million now. It's, it's not particularly Yeah, good. I've overtaken you for the first time in about three years, I think. So. <laughs> that won't okay, it won't that. last. It will never last. So how did you do, Nick? Well, um, so I got 42, which was one point below the average. So slightly disappointing. I was looking at green arrows all until the last minute. So Ben Davis was on nine points. He was going to get three bonus points. But then, of course, Spurs conceded in the last minute. Yeah. Um, Chris Wood scoring, one of yeah, the men your, your over. Man, I've written an article about him, and of course, it comes back to haunt me. Quite a popular, um, uh, could be quite a popular player. Yeah, up. possibly. I mean, he's quite cheap, 6.5. He's yeah. definitely, once he gets nailed in the, in the Burnley team, he's definitely an option. Yeah, for sure, at that price. As a third striker. But yeah, so Ben Davis was on nine points, ended up finishing on two points. So um, Davies let me down this time, unfortunately. Which oh, no. A shame, but I got the points from Salah, 11 points from him, great. Um, Rodriguez, he turned up with a goal, five points. Uh, Stevens and the Monzo clean sheet, so a few points here and there. But my captain was Lukaku, and of course he missed a penalty, so yeah. I ended up getting zero. But I think if he scored that penalty, he could have got the free bonus as well. So it's potentially an 18 point swing in just that one miss, which I'm, is shocking, really. I can't, I can't uh, it, it's one of those things, isn't it, that when it happens, I remember I had Aguero a couple of years ago who missed the, missed the penalty. And it was just one that it was a horrendous miss, and one of those when you're like, oh, that could have been so many points for me, but just that one miss kick, and suddenly my whole game week is gone. I mean, for me, this is the first game week in so long that no one in my team scored or assisted, and that was really, really depressing. <laughs> Key man, I think, who didn't do anything was Harry Kane, who was my captain. I mean, some of the stats are just absolutely ridiculous on Kane. I, I, there were a lot of people, obviously, who captain Kane. But the August hoodoo continues. Yeah. 
24 shots already in three games. A shot every 11 minutes, but only 25% shot accuracy. He's taken 22% of the shots he took last season already in just three games. Yeah, I saw that stat. I mean, 18 shots inside the box. He's had only six on target, though. <laughs> but in, in this game, he had 10 shots with two on target. So he's, he's missing a lot. It's, it's slightly concerning for us cane owners, but... I think we're both um, holding on to him, aren't we? Which yeah, maybe is a bit yeah. of a gamble. He looks like he, he will fall. Not yet, but he. I think closer to the deadline we might see yeah, a fall. Yeah, he, he might do. I mean, the thing is with Kane is that he's the most expensive player in the game, right? So it's a moot point if he drops because at the end of the day, any player that you swap him to, it doesn't matter because he's so much more expensive than the Firminos or the Moratas of this world. Exactly, and a lot of people are drafting in players like Firmino, but I can understand the, the appeal. It gives you an extra four million in the bank. But Liverpool do have Manchester City next. They don't play Arsenal every week, do they, Tom? So, no, uh, no. No, they don't, Nick. And uh, yeah, we'll come back to that later, Sean. <laughs> I mean, the man who did do quite well in that Spurs game, I've, I've actually brought in already uh, for defensive midfielder Kevin De Bruyne, uh, who's a, who is a ten point or nine point nine, who should be a five point zero. Um, but Ali looked pretty good in that game. I yep. thought um, he's also been suspended in the Champions League. He got a, he got sent off against Ghent back in the halcyon days of February last year, which means. At the beginning of this Champions League season for Spurs, he won't be playing, which means he'll be all in on the league. Definitely an idea, and I'm definitely thinking about Ali, uh, possibly. Not this game week, though. I'm looking at the following game week when they're playing Swansea at home. Yeah. Um, so Ali scored, um, Ali scored. obviously. He had two shots on target with um, six shots in total. But I was just frustrated um, by that game. I kept looking at Twitter, and it kept talking about um, Kane and Ben Davies' connections. I think it was about three times um, Spurs official posted something about... a. Ben Davies cross or free kick um, and Kane getting on the end of it and you know, know Heaton making a save or just missing the post and I, yeah. I was just screaming he has a fantastic you know, chance to score waiting. but somehow manages to miss the target was that's what live score was saying wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was not great it was not really, great it's just so depressing I think when that happens it's because you, you've got so much invested in that we, I mean we can talk about United now quickly I mean you obviously had so much invested in Kaku doing something and you must have thought you know, penalty Man United You've, yep. got, you've got to be in the points here. Definitely. I mean, Mkhitaryan, he came out with an assist. I was pleased that Pogba blanked. But I've actually um, I've actually transferred Pogba in already. You've Pogba Because so, um, obviously KDB was falling. Mm. And I was like, right, time to get rid. I said last week that KDB was on last chance saloon. He failed miserably yeah. again. So he had to get out. And I didn't want to take the fall on him. I knew I was selling him. And I had yeah. two free transfers because I obviously rolled last week. Yeah, so that's... I made the early move to grab the and um, to take out KDB and also um, get Pogba, Pogba yeah. before he rises. Yeah, I think Pogba, like the things with Pogba and Mickey, I think the reason I went for Pogba is because obviously Mickey had risen, but and I, I had the chance to get Pogba an 8.0. Obviously, it was a bit of a mistake. I should have kept Salah. But with Pogba, the touches in the box and the shots is what swings it I mean he's similar to Deli Ali, and Mickey's very similar to Ericsson in that way and it's, that, it's like that last year I mean uh, Mickey creates chances Pogba seems to take the shots um, and attempts at goal every 22 minutes for Pogba versus one every 35 minutes for Mickey touched in the box for Pogba 14 touches in the box versus just 6 for Mickey in the last few games I also think that Pogba's more nailed on than Mkhitaryan obviously Mkhitaryan he's on, on fire at the moment bringing out the points and the assists so he's probably going to play most weeks but knowing um, Jose Mourinho he's got a few options there he's got like Martial he's got Lingard Rashford a few options Pogba in the centre of the park he's definitely nailed he's going to play every 
every week. Yeah, I mean, Mkhitaryan, I think, was kind of coming in at number 10 a lot of the time, wasn't he? But I mean, Mata can There's play. There's one Mata as well, yeah. Yeah, Mata can play there. And he always, as you said, drift out, drifts out to the wings a lot. And... Uh, Next week they've got Stoke away. Next week there's a lot of tricky kind of fixtures and Kaku versus Stoke. Would you go back to him now after he's missed the pen? Well, that's a tricky question, Tom, because I've looked at like sort of the captaincy options for next week, and there's there's nothing that really sticks out. Arsenal obviously probably have the best fixture. They've got Bournemouth at home. I've only got Ramsey, and he um, he's yeah. also flagged and not necessarily <laughs> nailed yeah. on, so that's a bit of a concern. He also, not, he also plays for Arsenal, it. of course. Yes, so exactly. Would you want I mean, him in your team? I mean, maybe two years ago, everyone would have been captaining Arsenal um, players in this match, but this mm. year, like Arsenal is avoid territory. Even like you know, the star players like Lacazette aren't even starting. Oh, so I, know. I just don't. It's very strange. Happened there. I mean, um, I mean, we can probably move on to move on to that four nil. Now, yeah, um, should we talk about that game? Do you want, do you want to just, just complete shambles? Really, I think you must have just been screaming at the telly, especially when you saw like Salah, Salah scoring and getting assists as well. I found I, I just I found it very difficult to watch from two points of view. One was that whenever Salah did something which looked good, I was just regretting my my life and my decisions. The second thing is regressing. I was still regretting my life and decisions, but when it came to supporting Arsenal, it was pathetic. We had no idea what we were doing a lot of the time, and even Vavenga, I had no idea what he was doing. Dropping Lacazette, the, the star striker, dropping Klasenac, playing Sanchez, and playing uh, Oxlade Chamberlain, who's now gone, of course. When they they clearly don't give a, I, I don't get it. I feel like we kind of lost the plot a little bit. I mean. Without Peter Cech's six saves, we'd have conceded so much more. There's systemic issues at the club, I think. There's a lack of determination and drive, and there's an unwillingness. There's no leadership on the pitch. We'd never replace Vieira. Look at Xhaka and Ramsey backing up Ozil. I mean, neither of them are defensive players, are they? They're, they're quite creative players, and it just gives us this kind of soft, gooey core. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so depressing it's, uh... to watch. It's upsetting to watch, and it's just one of those things where I'm surprised that I'm not surprised when this sort of thing happens now. I think you should sad. perhaps appear on Arsenal Fan TV at some point <laughs> as a guest star with that sort of rant. Maybe swear a little bit more if you are on Arsenal TV. They yeah, have a good F-bomb, don't they? So. <laughs> I've got to start effing and blind. There was one guy this week who was absolutely excellent. I mean, he got, he got interviewed and he was just like, just don't care anymore. I just don't care. Uh, I'm just past caring, mate. And I think that kind of sums it up for the majority of Arsenal fans to some extent now. Exactly. What's going on? It's, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? But Liverpool, on the other hand, they're looking like they're on fire. Surely your worries now about having no Liverpool assets? Are you thinking about drafting someone back in? I know you've just taken out Salah, but I'm sure you kind of regret it, don't you? Perhaps Mane or Firmino are options I do, still? I, yeah, I do regret it. Um, I'm thinking probably Firmino is, gonna, is looking like a really good third striker. Um, it's looking like Origi's going to be leaving. Yeah. And it's looking like Firmino is the man who will be playing most weeks. I mean, around December we might see or Sturridge as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I think Firmino's the first choice there. It seems pretty decent to me. Definitely. I mean, obviously they've got Manchester City at, um, away next. Yeah. So maybe avoid this week. And then um, they've got Burnley at home. So I think you'll see a lot of people with perhaps even double Liverpool. And if you don't have any coverage in that match, that may be a concern of yours. Um, um, because obviously, if, if you know the red roulette, um, if it's cashing in at the red roulette again, <laughs> yeah, all the Manny Firmino and everyone's Salah a winner, as you said on Twitter. Yeah, to my chagrin. I mean, I mean, well, everyone who played. I mean, you, you chose not to play the red roulette. I know. You, so, uh, if you don't play, you can't win. Exactly. And Salah as well. The stats from that game were really, really good. Um, he had five shots. They were all on target. 
Um, had a shot every 18 minutes, and it's really, really impressive, that kind of output. Well, that's the thing. Both Mane and Salah scored, and neither of them got bonus points. So Firmino seems to be the one that's attracting them at most part. So uh, Firmino might be the one to own. He's slightly, he's obviously a forward, so he gets less points for goals, but he's um, he seems to be the one that's getting all the bonus points. He's slightly cheaper, a million less than the other two. So, yeah. um, you know... I'm definitely looking at Firmino as well, but it's about how to fit him in my current team because obviously I, I'm committing to, to keeping Lukaku and Kane at the moment and one of them would have to go. I'd have to gut my midfield in order to get like a, a sort of a premium free up front and Alonso. I'm tempted to go back to 3-5-2 actually. I mean, if I was wildcarding, I'd be looking at it. I don't think I'm going to do that now. Well, I think Gabbiadini is sort of a bit of a waste of space in your team as well. Yeah, should I mean, Gabbiadini was pretty pathetic. Can I mean, we talk about that game quickly? Hudsfield, yeah, Southampton? Yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, Gabby, was, Gabby had one shot and he was he completely shackled. Um, last chance saloon. He's always in the last chance saloon, I feel, Gabby. Like, I didn't own him last season, but I can understand the frustration that many people have. I mean, I tweeted at about 70 minutes, oh, Gabby hasn't come off yet. And of mm. course, he got taken yeah, straight perfect away. perfect timing. Um, and then, obviously, you know, we've both got Southampton defenders. I mean, Stephen's got you. Stephen's got a bonus point as well, so Did I got he? seven from oh. Stephen's. Oh, I'm slightly concerned about the signing of um, Holtz. So, um, he's priced at 5.0 as well. He's likely to rotate with um, Yoshida or Stevens. One of them could potentially drop out. Yeah, and it's looking like there's no news on Van Dyke. Yeah, so Van Dyke's of he's injured at the moment. Will he be reintegrated back into? He the will team? be. I think he'll be slowly reintegrated. I wouldn't. So be it might be. A, it might be a bit of a slow process there. So I'm not concerned about Van Dyke too much in the short term. But I'm worried that you know they might give Holt a chance and give him his debut in the next game, and, yeah, and, Jack, Stevens and Mr. Stevens will end up dropping to the bench. So that's a slight concern, but I'm not thinking of any drastic moves in. Because you know that's just speculation, and they've yeah. got um, they got Watford's home next, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I mean, I've, I've got Bertie as well. I mean, he wasn't looking the best. Um, he's had less shots than Cedric, who was my other kind of. I think he was under consideration for you as well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of chances created and successful crosses, um, he's doing a bit better. So he's had twelve attempts at crossing and five have connected, whereas Ced's had fifteen attempts at a cross, but only one's connected. I always see kind of. A, Bertrand hits it to Gabbiadini who then hits the bar or mm. misses or something Happens like. a lot, yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that I'll at least get one of those before I think Gabbiadini does move on. I'm sure you'll definitely get some returns in that Southampton-Watford game. It's, have to, it's got to happen. But I mean, look at Huddersfield. They haven't even conceded yet in the Premier League. They're having a fantastic time. You've got to look at them. You've got to look at their defensive assets, perhaps, if you were thinking about bringing in a Huddersfield player. They've got, they've got West Ham next, actually. And um, the, the man, well, I mean, obviously, Zanka seems to be sweeping up the bonus points. He's now on 22 points in I total. Know, crazy. Three games, Who'd have thought that? Absolutely fantastic. But um, the one we're actually talking about and thinking about a little bit, though we're not actually drafting one in, but the one we'd recommend is low. Is low. low he's, yeah. he's 0.1 cheaper, so he hasn't had the price rise yet. And he's also rumoured to be on penalties. And with West Ham next, we, I could just imagine a situation with James Collins just barging <laughs> over Tom Ince in the box, just, yeah. you know, calamity James yeah. as he is, Joe, you know. Joe Hart sticking out his tongue. Yeah, Joe Hart sticking in and failing epic. Diving the wrong way or falling over his shoelace or something. I mean, yeah, I, I, the things of Huddersfield, though, I mean, I think um, a few people have pointed out that last year Middlesbrough won the first three games unbeaten as well. Mm-hmm. So could it be that, you know, before the international break and before the team settle, that's when this sort of team does quite well? And then once the kind of the big boys get in gear, will they then be steamrolled? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I'm not too sure yet, but at 4.5 for a player like that who's potentially on penalties, that might be good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough to, to still mistrust them. But you have to judge them on their current form. And their current form is great. I mean, look at Leicester from a couple of seasons ago. Like Everyone was saying, oh, you know, it's, it's just temporary. It's a glitch. Oh, yeah. They're going to start losing and start conceding soon. And they just went on this amazing run. So, you know, maybe we should be looking at Huddersfield players. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the other promoted team this week, uh, another promoted team, I should say, this week, Brighton got a clean sheet too uh, against Watford. In nil, that was a nil-nil. And that was very annoying because of Richarlison. But did you mm. see that tackle that Britos did? Brito. But that that was terrible, off the floor. Like, and you can't legislate for that. I mean, it was really annoying because I brought in Ricardos and thinking, you know what, that could be if he scores, that could catch fire. But he was so inhibited by the fact that they were they only had ten men. Exactly, and I don't. I'm not looking at Brighton assets at the moment. I mean, they they got a nil nil against Watford when Watford had ten men. You know, that's nothing to celebrate. That's that's not an achievement. You know, they they're, they're struggling still, and they're going to probably struggle all season. And they've got West Brom next. You know, West Brom. Yeah, they. Um, it was the battle of the J Rods, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. The one and one. Um, my J Rod delivered. He did, and I, I think I was quite surprised by that. I mean, obviously. The, the, the assist for your J-Roll goal came from the legend that is Alan Yom which may come up later but you must have been relieved that he's finally come through for you with something he got a yellow card didn't he though he got a yellow card and I was getting frustrated and, and I also tweeted saying he's done nothing and then of course he scored the next minute so it's another well-timed tweet but this time <laughs> to my advantage which was fantastic it, um, it was a bit disappointing that West Brom obviously conceded yes. um, late goal for Crouch and um, Higazzi. He was the man who made the mistake. Yes, he absolutely and, um, did. You know, Pudis defended him in the post-match interview, saying he's still learning, still getting adjusting to the uh, the Premier League. But it must be a concern that with um, Gareth McCauley coming, coming back, back yeah. Uh, Johnny Evans, we don't know because yeah. we're still deadline day. We don't know about that yet. I know, but I mean, you've still got Craig Dawson there. Um, you've still got kind of options everywhere you've got Kieran Gibbs Kieran who Gibbs, of course has yeah. come in so yeah Craig Dawson may go into central defence he, he, he can play with, um, he can, Gibbs and Nyom on the uh, in the fullback position. he can play anywhere I mean what was it the most interesting fact about this game was it was the first game when West Brom got over 40% possession in the match incredible and it was basically like watching paint dry wasn't it we, we did the live Nyom watch and it was just not interesting at all well, we'll get on to Nyon Watch later on <laughs> yeah. in the pod. And of course, we've got to give him a quick mention for his assist and yeah. bonus points. Yeah, um, and then obviously the other thing of interest in that uh, game is that the other J-Rod, the Jesse train, fell on his ass a little bit. Another team falling on their rear is <laughs> West Ham. And time is running out for Billich, I think, yeah, after another yeah. loss, this time against uh, Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, when you dig down into it, it does definitely seem like a lot of the players, ex-players, are coming out and saying that Billich doesn't seem to have a clue. And sort of Snodgrass this week saying that Billich had no idea where to play him or who he even was. I think think there's a certain element of hysteria going around (laughs) around the club, and and, you know, FPL managers are partaking in that hysteria. With uh, Chikorito, who's actually the third highest sold player so far this game week, um, with over eighty-five thousand managers are ditching him since I last looked. And you know that's that's crazy because four hundred seventy three thousand drafted him the previous week, and they're all just like, oh, one blank, right? He's, he's straight away out. And um, they've got Huddersfield. I know Huddersfield. We just talked about their you know, defensive yeah, solidity, but solid. still Huddersfield at home. You, you'd think, oh, bring in the West Ham players for this game. Typically, I've had a quick look at Antonio, and Antonio. <laughs> there's a bit of resistance about um, just generally around about bringing in um, West Ham players. 
But, um, you know, Antonio's had five goal attempts, three on target, including two headed attempts. They've got Huddersfield and, and West Brom next, you know. Maybe maybe a West Ham attacking asset would be a, a decent differential at this stage. And I was thinking about taking out Ramsey and bringing in Antonio, but I've kind of changed my mind a little bit yeah. on this front since. Because I've got another free transfer, and now I'm thinking about, I think, because um, Ake is falling. Is actually going to be Ake out. Okay. But I haven't made any moves yet. Um, uh, you know, I haven't decided. Because originally I was going to bench him again. Yeah. So I've got another so. tricky I, fixture. I mean, I mean the, on the Newcastle side, obviously I had Elliot, who got me seven points, got me the free saves and the clean sheet. Yeah, I did Hope, on the bench. I'm hoping that they don't sign another keeper because a 4.0, I'm sure he'll rise pretty quickly. But 4.0 nailed on keeper for the rest of this, uh, the rest of at least until um, until Christmas would be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other guy who kind of popped in that game is Atsu at 5.0. Um, I think that's that's pretty decent. I mean, he he would look quite good to the eye and look quite kind of attacking. Although he wasn't particularly amazing when it came to the end product. I mean, with a five point zero who can contribute every two, three, four games, that's not too bad. I didn't think so. He could be another one that you're looking at, kind of at the at the very very low end of of the uh, midfielder scale. And I guess kind of the lowest end is Tom Carroll, who I played this week just because Fraser didn't uh, show up. And uh, yeah, yeah, Palace looking in trouble. Uh, yeah, Frank Frank, De- Frank De Boer is another Frank one. Dubai by uh, his, his time is running out as well. I think. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also played Swan, um, Tom. Carroll for Swansea over Nathan Ake and that worked out for me by a whole three points <laughs> because Nathan Ake got the zero yeah, so he yeah. paid off I guess I mean, I, mean I, th- I think in that game the only thing that's worth mentioning I mean there's obviously lots of lots of ins and outs at Swansea at the moment um, Bonnie I think is looking like he's going or, and Lorente's uh, going to Spurs potentially Lorente as well, going to Spurs uh, they've signed of course Renato Sanchez who we'll talk about after the break Carl Norton at 4.5 looked very good in that game I think he could be one that we could be considering with uh, good fixtures for Swansea coming up. Yeah, a couple of our team members are looking to draft in Norton, actually, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. A, I, I think that's Marcos said. <laughs> yeah. Norton. Naughty Norton is uh, definitely on on the uh, on the horizon for a few. I mean, we've just spoken about it, but Bournemouth City was was the kick was the early kickoff. We both had Kevin De Bruyne. I had Fraser who didn't play, but we both had Kevin De Bruyne, and we again same as last two weeks. Well, Guerrero didn't start either, and it's just. Manchester City are just a nightmare for a rotation at the moment. Mm. Uh, Raheem Sterling, he scored, but then he got sent off for uh, celebrating, and then some some dodgy steward accused Kun of like beating him up or yeah, something. Yeah, that, like, that, that got that got very strange. But accusation. I don't get that that red card for Sterling. I mean, end of the day, all the City players need to get a yellow card for doing that. I think Mike Dean just had one of his moments where you know he just he wanted the attention to be on him. So yeah, love that. A bit dramatic. Yeah, and a bit stupid. Yeah, but. I guess the final thing there is Kevin De Bruyne. We've got to talk about him. I mean, no shots last season. He averaged two point nine per game. He's come out in the Belgian media as you uh, yep. spotted this week, yep. saying that he's now a defensive midfielder and he loves the role. So basically, we paid at the start of the season 10.0 for a player who should be 4.5. That citizen's been erased from my team. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's gone. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely, done. absolutely gone. Uh, and that was really disappointing. I, I guess kind of linked to the disappointment. Uh, well, not really linked to it. I mean, he did get a clean sheet in the end, but Alonso. I wasn't disappointed at all, to be honest. I was very happy with the six points that he provided right. me. Once <laughs> again, another return from the star Chelsea assets. Yeah, I was hoping for something more. I, I mean, I think it was just because I was so desperate for points from somewhere. Two more goals from um, Spaniards, from Chelsea. So it seems to be a real Spanish connection at Chelsea yeah. at the 
the moment. Yeah. They've got they've got Dave, of course, in the <laughs> right wing back. Got an, he got an assist for Murata, who Murata is looking quite good. I mean, over his career, he's on par with Kun in terms of contributions per game. So he contributes the goal or assist every 1.1 matches, which obviously highlights how amazing Sergio mm-hmm. Aguero yeah. is. But at the same time shows you what kind of prospects Morata could be and he did look quite dangerous to be honest despite looking quite kind of limp on the first day and he got the assist as well for the Fabregas goal yeah so yep. that's another Spanish connection they got yeah. Pedro as, as well it's like finally our uh, they our... haven't got Lorente though they didn't secure yeah. that deal did but, they yeah, <laughs> haven't, haven't secured too many deals have they Chelsea they've struggled a little bit in the market they missed out on Oxlade of course as well yeah. because I think they were going to basically play him as a right wing back yeah, and he, he, and he wanted to play central midfield so he's now joined Liverpool instead where a player who wanted to play central midfield James Milner got shuttled into left back (laughs) yeah exactly well I think we're getting into it already so let's take a break and then come back and talk about the transfer window who got the assist who got the assist so uh as I said earlier, we're in our yellow ties, Nick. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're very formal this session. <laughs> yeah. Our yellow ties, and it's, yeah, it's time for the, the transfer centre yeah, section. Yeah. Deadline day. Do, 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 do. Unfortunately, we don't have Jim White here, but you've just got us, so you have to make the. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's getting very excited. I'm not going to try a Scottish accent, but um, yeah, I, I think maybe we should start actually with, with people who aren't on the move. The big one, obviously, is Alexis Sanchez. He'll be staying with Arsenal. Yes, Sanchez, obviously, the talisman. The problem is that um, I think that the players don't seem to be responding very well to his histrionics, to his uh, kind of... No, he had another tantrum, didn't he, at the weekend. He's just putting himself above the team, and I don't know. I mean, you've got a player who doesn't want to be there. We saw against uh, Liverpool what happens when you've got a group of players who don't want to be there anymore. And, you know, with Sanchez, I think Wengish looks at him and said, I'm not going to let you murder it. Like, this guy has got to go. And, I mean... I, I just find it flabbergasting. Maybe, maybe he's going to seek absolution this oh, uh, this time maybe, round. Maybe, but I think what's going to happen is we just kick the can further down the road, and you're going to have Sanchez in January. There's going to be a big circus around him again as he basically agrees pre-contract terms with whoever. Yep, and um, Arsenal will probably be sitting pretty in eleventh or tenth place. Oh. You know, will Wenger still be in his job by yes, then? He probably will still be oh, in his got... job. Of course he will. But um, in terms of FPL, do you think Sanchez is still an asset that perhaps we should be looking to draft in our teams? Yes, I, I, I think that eventually, hopefully, he'll get his head together and eventually he will be, you know. Yeah, I do remember that. But at 12.0, is that just too expensive? I don't know. I don't know whether I can draft him in at all at this stage. Uh, definitely not at the moment. Otherwise, I'd just have to gut my team. One of Kane or Lukaku would have to go. Obviously, it'd probably be Kane at this point. And I suppose you, if you were wildcarding, you might be able to do a Kane to Firmino and then perhaps a, a Pogba to Sanchez switch. But why would you want to do that yeah, at this stage? Got, you know, you've got may, to, maybe later on in the season, well, we something to, like we, that will happen with your We need some teams. serious evidence that Sanchez is back. He's fine. He's, he's, he's committed to the cause. Very difficult to reintegrate a player like that who has been not openly saying he's going to leave it. Obviously, he's never said that. I mean, he did like I mean, you put on Twitter earlier that he liked um, a a post so, saying he was saying. But no, I think he's he's definitely been been given off signs that he wants to leave Arsenal for a while. I don't think I can't. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't blame I think it. So that's Sanchez anyway. Who who are we covering next? Um, Coutinho. Yeah. So, so Coutinho is still at Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, um, they've said. We're not going to sell, and they haven't sold. Um, it looks like Barcelona have been kind of throwing money at them, effectively. 
and they haven't sold. Coutinho's obviously handing a transfer request, which is quite a big deal because they lose their loyalty bonus, don't they? Yeah. But it just sounds like he will be reintegrated because how much Klopp loves him, and he will be kind of part of the Red Roulette once more, probably fairly soon. Exactly, and that's going to cause more rotation issues with Liverpool, isn't it? We have uh, we talked about Firmino, Mane, Salah. Now we've got Coutinho. We've got the new lad. Oxlads, we've got the new Oxlads. We've yes. got obviously you know the minor players like Vine, Alden, Henson, Chan, all vying for positions, and it's just the Lana coming back from oh the Lana, of course, yes as well. So it's just you know too many too many options in that Liverpool midfield. It's just you know, and there's also other strikers like Sturridge and Solanke who all want to have game yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, maybe it will. I mean, you, we saw Klopp loves to rotate, doesn't he? We saw it with the UEL a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, when he was bringing out all the all the youth for the double game weeks. Oh, I think yeah, I think it was like Oho was playing. And, Even um, Mignolet would burn, and I had Mignolet. He didn't, he didn't play. You, yeah, exactly. you managed to get 15 points from Sacco, which yeah, beat but... me off. But, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, with Coutinho, he's now 8.8. He might drop even more. Like last season, 171 points first. 13 goals, 8 assists. Obviously, he's got that link up with Firmino. It'll be really exciting to see. But the red roulette will be in play, and there will be weeks where your Liverpool asset does nothing. That's true. And um, Van Dijk as well. So Van Dijk's still at Southampton. He is. Um, obviously, now they've got four central defenders, including Van Dijk. When the South- Southampton's fixtures, to be fair, they stiffen in game week six. So this might be the end of the period of owning a Southampton defender, yeah. perhaps. And, you know, I might have got everything I can get out of Jack Stevens. So um, I think if you're keeping your Southampton defenders, you've got to look at the fullbacks, Bertrand and Cedric. They're the men to own in, in the Southampton defence now because of the uh, risk of rotation within the centre. But Van Dijk's still injured with inverted commas. Yeah. So um, he probably won't be integrated soon, but there's also Foy. Sorry, Hote, just another one syllable. Name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we spoke about Sanchez. Let's talk about Sanchez. Is yep. that how you say it? I don't know. Yeah, Renato um, Sanchez. So he's yep. gone on loan to Swansea. Um, uh, Uli Honess, who's the Bayern um, CEO, I think, has said that he's happy for him to go out on loan and play at a high level, play every week. 5.0 he got. Um, so, But it's quite a difficult one to assess, I think, for the 5.0. He's definitely watching weight, we think. He had one full game... He was he was brought on eleven times. He was taken off five this times. This was at Bayern Munich yeah, last season. Absolutely, he, he didn't get too much game time. And um, he was, you know, when he was bought last season after his success in the Euros, yeah. every, everyone was championing him as a, you know, a new future star, future Galactico. But um, he hasn't achieved that yet. But he's, he's still very young. He's only twenty years old. Yeah. So he's, you know, very early days in his career. A lot of potential. Uh, I mean, at Benfica. Um, in 24 appearances, he got two goals. I mean, that's, an, that's not a great return, to be fair, is it? He's, no, he's been I mean, priced at 5.0, so he's, he's very cheap. He might be a potential option, definitely at 5.0. Yeah. Not necessarily someone you bring in straight away with the likes of um, 4.5 players still playing, like um, Carroll and yeah. uh, Chalabar, you know, on your, yeah, on your bench. Exactly. So he's not going to be a fourth midfielder, but he has the potential to be a cheap fourth yeah, midfielder later on in the season. At the eight, I, I do remember during like the European Champions um, Fancy League, I had him in my team and he was uh, he was delivering for me and he was getting <laughs> lots of points and obviously he was part of the Portugal title winning side alongside uh, Cedric and Ronaldo yeah so maybe he'll be one of those players who uh, comes through at the end but I, I kind of feel like from watching him at that championship that he's one of those players who makes other players look good 
So I worry about his end product. I don't know. I mean, watch and wait, I think. Definitely one to watch, for yeah, sure. One on the watch list, we'd uh, say. Yeah. Yeah, was, um, next one is uh, Aurier, who's just gone to your team Spurs, Nick. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's quite a controversial figure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because his re- his reputation precedes him. I wasn't too sure about this signing in general. I think like Trippier be the man to fill uh, Kyle Walker's shoes. He was um, he showed a lot of potential at the end of last season. He got five assists, and it really looked like Pock was going to give him a chance. So it was quite exciting to um, to see uh, Trippier perform, and he was very well valued at five point five. But with Oreo coming in, Oreo six point nor. I don't know whether we really needed him, and I'm worried that he may be a divisive, uh, divisive, divisive figure, yeah, figure yeah, in, in sure. the team. You know, like obviously that he's said some very, you know, used some very offensive language in the past um, yeah, about okay. other teammates and managers, and, yeah, and I, he's also got a criminal record for fighting in nightclubs. Yeah, but last year he couldn't enter the UK with PSG, which is quite interesting. I've seen, you know, some talk on Twitter and a few people within the Spurs yeah. community, compl- uh, you know, kicking off about the signing. But um, we'll have to see. He's, he's made a statement since joining the club about how um, you know Tottenham is, is a very diverse community yeah. and how he'd like to integrate. Well, you mean the social media managers have made this? Well, he, yeah. There's a, maybe there's a bit of a copy and paste, but he's yeah, he's, try, well, he's trying. Yeah. We'll have to we have to wait and see. And you know he's 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 new to the club. Let's give him a chance, I guess, yeah, to I mean, redeem himself. I, I believe in redemption in general. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, back in the day, I mean, he got last season two goals, two assists. 21 games I mean back when he played for Toulouse he yeah, it's pretty that, decent you? yeah I mean he, in 13-14 in 34 games he got 6 goals and 6 assists so you know for a defender that's, that's very impressive if he can show that sort of form he might be a player that FPL managers look to draft in but at the moment there's a lot of rotation risk with Trippier who's um, slightly cheaper as well so you know he might yeah. not be the, the first pick I think all it means is probably uncertainty, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one. I mean, you've got Foyth, who's probably not going to be playing, so he's probably Foyth on the uh, on the pecking in the pecking order. Earlier. <laughs> and Sanchez as well, who did look at you looked at the press, prospects and the prospects. I mean, it's kind of you know. Yeah. I think with Toby and Vertonghen, I think they were the first two, and Di Dyer is around. Yeah. Dyer. Dyer's around. Yeah. Lorente, he's he's also signed. Yeah, he has. He has. Seven point four at the moment. He um he's got fifteen goals. Got three assists last season. Yeah. One hundred forty six points. Yeah. But I think that's kind of quite a lot to pay for a bench warmer, isn't it? Seven point four. That is the problem. Obviously, Harry Kane is sort of like the leading man at Spurs. But if you know, if Kane got injured, and he he probably will at some point, he might. And Lorente gets like a run of games. You know, that could be a. That could be a bargain. Um, I think probably what will happen actually is that Son Heung-min will lose out because Son Heung-min is the man who came in was come was playing up front when Kane was injured. So I think now we've got kind of Janssen obviously was an absolute dud. Two goals last season. That's eleven point five million per goal. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, uh, it makes sense. I mean, he's thirty-two years old, Lorente. Decent signing. I think that that does open things up. I mean, that opens up a uh, big Bonnie going back to Swansea. Uh, another one, uh, like, you know, Scott Sinclair sort of character who moved on to pastures new, and maybe Bonnie will come back to Swansea. I, yeah, I mean, he was pretty terrible at Stoke last year. Yeah, we spoke about. We don't, even know, we don't even know what happened to him at Stoke. No, exactly. so maybe he'll rediscover his, his uh, shooting boots. At yeah, Swansea. Exactly. Again, Swansea decent fixtures coming up. But Tammy Abraham scored last week. Um, 
Maybe we'll, may, maybe he'll be decent eventually. Maybe if he comes in about six, six point. I mean, Lorente seven point four. If he comes in six point five to seven, that's pretty decent, I think, for Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, he did did pretty well when he was at Swansea um, back in the day. Oxlade Chamberlain, uh, thirty five million plus five. I mean, he's gone to Liverpool. He's their biggest signing. I mean, Labby Keiter is obviously coming in next year. Next year, yeah. Um, um, but Oxlade, yeah. I mean, Chelsea missed out, didn't they, on him? Um, Obviously, he wants to play in midfield. Whether he's going to start for Liverpool is another question. I mean, what we what we saw with Oxlade is that he's uh, unfortunately uh, cursed with the utility player moniker. Same as actually James Milner, his new teammate, that he just gets moved around so much that he never really carved out a position for himself. And it was that way for Arsenal. I think last year was his best ever return. Just 83 points in FPL, seven assists and two goals. And then this year, for some reason, Wenger decided to play him more over Kolasinac the last three games in that left wing back position. Um, I don't know. I think it just gives um, Klopp another option rather than him being nailed on. I mean, I saw people, a few people on Twitter asking, oh, is he now the man as the record signing apart from Kaiser? I don't think so. I think he's just going to be part of uh, Klopp's rotation system. Good luck to him. He was he was a really nice lad. Couldn't cross for Toffee. But um, still, I, I guess, you know, he's one of those guys that... Um, he just wanted away from Arsenal because he wanted to move to a... You know, a club that would actually perform at the highest level. Yeah, I exactly. I can understand that. Exactly. Um, the other things that are going on, you've got Sacco going back to Crystal Palace. Finally, that's been going on all summer. So, um, I mean, he's he's Liverpool's best defender. He is. And he like, is. this is a bit of a funny one because Liverpool were like rejecting deals. And it's just like, you're not going to play Sacco. So, so what are you doing? But he, um, he performed really well for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have been absolutely shoddy so far this season and so they can rediscover the form that they actually had when Sacco played for them yeah because they keep, they're actually keeping some clean sheets Sacco had an amazing like PPG um, yeah he, he did very well until he got injured and he, he was yeah. he was the guy who kind of galvanised that defence and um, I just hope that that happens again because Palace have been abject haven't they yes um, I mean uh, other things that are going on I mean you've got Mares. we don't know where he is we don't know what he's doing he's been spotted in uh, Barcelona. Barcelona he's been spotted yeah. in London and he's been spotted in Paris. He was in Paris earlier. <laughs> he was in Paris earlier. He's left the Algerian team. He's a, uh, but yeah, it looks like um, he's probably going to end up staying at Leicester. So yeah, who knows? I've, it sounds like he's done like a an epic odd and wingy, like an odd and wingy squared where he's gone to Barcelona and they're not interested. He's gone somewhere else and then gone to Roma as well. He's, he's gone to Roma. He's he? spotted in a. <laughs> he's spotted in Turin. <laughs> All right, Nick, let's, uh, let's take a break and then we'll talk about the features. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So, pod features then, Nick. And the first thing is the anti-meta team. And, my God, they absolutely screwed us over again. 58 points. Brilliant. That's a green arrow for the anti-meta players. I think they're 250,000th is the OR at the moment. That's, that's pretty crazy. Fan- no, it's pretty impressive, actually. I mean, Murata was captain this week and he got 24 points. Nyom as well, nine points. Valencia, nine points. Yeah, I think it, it just kind of shows, doesn't it, like how we really think about our teams and really like put a lot of structure into how we were going to do things we did this on the fly and in some ways this is actually better it's doing so much well, better than both of us because we didn't really think about it and just yeah, shot a load of random players yeah, and even with like waste of space is like sort of Sané in there you know it's still smashing us so um, <laughs> I know it's obviously, really depressing obviously um, Murata's now actually above 10% so he might have to be our transfer out um, this game week 
So we'll have to, even though he's rising in price, he might have to, to fall from our team. And um, so I guess we'll have to find another forward to bring in. And who, who is the anti-meta forward, do you think, this week? Um, I'm not too sure, actually. Um, Lacazette, maybe? Yeah, maybe Lacazette, just because he didn't start. Um, and they've got Bournemouth at home, so you know, on paper, it's actually a decent choice, but it's very anti-meta for the mindset of FPL, which is avoid, avoid, avoid <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I would be surprised if he's the man that we have to do, unfortunately. But I mean, it was quite good with having Morata in early. He didn't seem to offer anything, and then suddenly, 24 points. No one really had him. I can see Lacazette scoring a hat trick against Bournemouth. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine anti-meta team will be flying high? <laughs> I know. Imagine winning, imagine winning it with the anti-template team. That would be crazy. But I, to be honest, I can't imagine Arsenal beating Bournemouth at the moment. I can't imagine Arsenal beating anybody. Obviously, I don't want to go back to ranting about Arsenal again. I mean, they've just got Stockholm syndrome, haven't they, with Wenger, and we're stuck with him, unfortunately. But one man who did do very well for the anti-meta team, and we watched him very closely this week, was of course Alan Nyom. We did a live Nyon watch, didn't we? And we, we tweeted him to show love and support. Of course, I mean, he's a muscle museum. You've got to give Alan Nyon some support. Tom. Yes, it is time for Nyon watch. And uh, so obviously he started. 55 touches, Alan Nyon. He had 24 passes. He had six crosses. One was successful. He was mentioned in dispatches thusly in the 33rd minute. Our Alan Yon backup, Eric Peters, picks up the game's first booking after leaving a late one on our man Alan Yon. In the 35th minute, Nyon tracked Jesse to the byline and won the baggies, a goal kick. But that one big chance he created led to a goal as he tricked his way down the wing and got free bonus from an assist which connected with J-Rod. He was mentioned in dispatches as saying this, This game needed that. Alan Yon whipped a ball in from the right and J-Rod directs it beyond Butland. Nyom, 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 comes the cry from the Baggies fans, and rightly so. What a man. What a guy indeed. And obviously, we do see him down Tesco. You do see him down Poundland. Get in touch with us. Hashtag Nyomwatch. So, uh, I guess he'll figure in next week's edition, but this week we were back in uh, FFS again to talk about market forces, as we will be every week. And uh, do you want to talk about that, Nick, uh, to begin with? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I've been looking at the stock market a little bit um, this week in detail. It's, it's just quite interesting um, in terms of the rises and the fallers. So only 23 players have um, risen so far, with uh, Mkhitaryan and Higazi leading the way as the largest largest risers. However, we've seen huge volumes of players falling. 158 players have dropped in price so far since the game opened. With um, non-starters like Diego Costa and um, Lindelof, they've um, dropped down by 0.3 in value. So Costa's now at 9.7, Lindelof at 5.2. And if they begin to play for the respective teams, we, they can now you know, represent real good value. Mm. Especially someone like Lindelof, you know, 5.2. If he can nail down a starting berth, if, if Phil Jones picks up one of those injuries that he gets every so often, this actually rules him out for a, a few months, then <laughs> yeah. Lindelof may be the man. Um, elsewhere, we've also had um, we've got Kevin Vimmer, so he's dropped in. Um, nor- he's dropped 0.1, and he's now priced at 4.4. So if he he's just signed for Stoke, and if he can you know get in the first team, 
then he could be extremely good value as well. We've got um, Simon Stoker, Butland in goal. They've got the likes of Martin Zindi, Zuma, Vimmer, and Shawcross, who's also signed a new contract. All that can play in a central defence position. So there might be some rivalry for positions there. But they've signed Vimmer, and if you'd like can... to think he can start, and he'll get a yeah. starting berth. Yeah, if he can nail it down, he could be great value for 4.4, especially later on in the season. Like We don't know if he's going to get like double game weeks or this kind of thing. For 4.4, that fills a, fills a super massive black hole in our teams, doesn't it, really? Exactly. And, um, yeah, I think come game week nine, we're definitely going to be looking at Stoke players because Stoke have had a, a really tough beginning of the season. They always they, seem to. They, 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 play, they basically play all the top teams in the first um, first eight yeah, game week. Yeah. So come game week nine, they've just got an amazing run and uh, I'll, be, um, I'll be investing in a Stoke defender. And there's also... Of course, there's Glenn Johnson. He's 4.4, but he hasn't been playing, so I don't know. Yeah, he's, I don't know uh, about that. Yeah. I'm not sure about him. But um, elsewhere, we've also had um, we've had J Rod. He's fallen in value, yeah. much to uh, yeah. my disappointment. He's now 5.9, but I think that represents very good value as a, a forward. You know, he was rewarded with a goal this um, this game week, but he's actually joined seventh in in forwards for goal attempts. Um, he's had eight in total, four on target, with a chance every few, every thirty three minutes. And with uh, with Brighton away next, he, he could be a potential cheap option if you're, you're looking keep, for, you're for a first striker. Yeah, I'm holding him definitely. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's, that's good. You know, that's he, he did score. Obviously, I'm a bit disappointed about the price fall, but if he delivers against Brighton, he may um, he may regain the price again. I don't know. Yep. There's also um, another option out there, not necessarily for now, but maybe later. He, he could continue to fall. Is uh, Bernardo Silva? He's now down to seven point eight. So he's dropped in value twice so far, Tom. Yeah. He's um, but he's actually looked quite dangerous in the minutes he's played for City. He's had um, ten touches in the penalty box despite only having played ninety four minutes in total. Yeah. He's um, he's had only two shots so far, both inside the box, one on target. But he's um, he's looked dangerous when he's played. Yeah, and, big um, money signing. You, you've got to imagine he's going to feature a lot. And it, the news has been that um, Pep has told Sterling he's not in his plans. And it could be that you know, Bernardo Silva is this right-sided creative player. It could be that he's the guy who starts getting starts. And at 7.8, that's not too bad. You've got to hope he's not rotated too much, I guess. I mean, in FFS this week, we spoke about a few things. So obviously, me selling Salah. 180,000 sales, uh, Salah. And obviously, that, that hit people straight in, straight in the face. Um, you had Firmino and Alvaro Morata doing well this week. Um mainly because people were kind of leaving Harry Kane behind and I guess you know we'll see if they're right to do so with uh, September now looming uh, but who, who else uh, did we talk about this week then, Nick? Well we talked about a little bit about Mane and Salah and they're both rising in value as well obviously on the back of Liverpool's big win against yeah, Arsenal Salah coming back he was yeah. 9 point uh, 1 he, he was 9.1 but he's dropped, he's dropped down to 9.0 and he looks like he's going to be rising back up to 9.1 but it just shows the, the market fluctuations that a player like Salah he's got Double double figure returns in two out of three games, but he's still on nine point zero because he fell in value. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. so many more fallers than risers. So yeah, people like me going back cap in hand to Salah, trying to hope that he doesn't realise we uh, looked for a faithless sight of him and got rid of him in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. I guess another guy's Mkhitaryan. Um, you know, continues to rise and rise. I think he's about twenty percent ownership now. Um, after uh, yet another assist, the, the assist machine, the Armenian assist machine. Exactly, we had to ditch him from the uh, anti-meta <laughs> team because he was too successful for it wasn't he uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't yeah, those... stop the anti-meta team from outperforming us again oh, no, it's but... really depressing isn't it and then uh, finally I guess we got some. We had some derailed bandwagon so obviously Hagazi 
uh, made a mistake this week and he's not attracting the kind of uh, the he's, purchases. He's still actually rising though. He's still getting more buys than sells. He's obviously a very he's obviously the cheapest way into the West Brom defence at the yeah, moment. Apart from Foster, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he scored a goal. Maybe he'll come up with another goal. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So maybe maybe he'll do something. Who knows? And then uh, I guess the other one to talk about is Chikorito, who, as we said earlier. Scored a, a couple of goals, got loads and loads of new owners, was the third highest owned striker for a little while, which is probably going to be Firmino now. Um, and, and then now is, is being sold en masse. Exactly, yeah. So that bandwagon's derailed. And I guess this kind of segues quite well into Psychology Corner because people do remember what happened really, really recently. I mean, some people call this a recency bias. It's called the availability heuristic, and this is the tendency to use salient, emotionally charged, or quite recent moments more when we make decisions. So this can importantly fuse with other psychological concepts. So we talked about impulse last week, Nick, which kind of helps to drive our actions and behavior. So think about us back in Neolithic times. There was no internet or and no other way to kind of disseminate information, obviously. And very much all uh, all we kind of knew was what we saw, what we had personal experience with. So maybe we saw a goal had been scored by somebody. We don't check the facts. We just kind of think, you know what, he scored. That's high in my mind. I might make the transfer and get him in. In the case of someone like Chikorito, we we see he hasn't scored this week, despite the fact he scored last week. And that causes us to make a decision to drop, which obviously is, you know, there are merits either way. But I, I don't think that's probably the best way of looking at things. So we rely on the availability heuristic to help us make a decision. We take a shortcut by using a tiny bit of information rather than looking at the whole picture. Uh, to to base our behaviour on, even if there are better options available. And this is part of the things uh, that drives players like Chikorito, who have scored, le- leaping like a salmon in the transfer market, effectively. Excellent. So shall we quickly go over the wag pick? Yeah. So um, <laughs> last week, Nicola picked Lukaku just because was the reason given. Excellent. And uh, he obviously missed a penalty, got scored zero. So I obviously got zero as well. The wags got zero. So another bad <laughs> week for the wags at least. And that's uh, that's how we're displaying luck in the uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so what's um, the... Uh, so next week, we've obviously got... Well, give Sarah free choices perhaps we should throw in an Arsenal player because they've got Bournemouth at home yeah, just, just mate, for the lulls should we, should we fi- give him a, what about Alexis Sanchez do you think it was yeah Alexis Sanchez because last time she liked the word Lacazette because she said it sounded like a cassette and that drove her decision so I think maybe we should say Sanchez this time although okay. she might be she might remember it from last year when I was saying oh am I going to captain Sanchez and I did that so time. Sanchez maybe a Chelsea player against Leicester Morata uh, yeah we could do we could do Pedro maybe Pedro Pedro okay. Pedro new Batman and Manu, yeah, man. Stoke. Yeah, should we do? Should we say Pogba? Okay, so Pogba, Pedro, and Sanchez, that's midfielders. It. Yeah, basically, let's do that. Let's do that and move forward. Okay, well, I think that's the features done. Let's move on to the community questions after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time for the community section. So let's have a quick look at the Who Got the Assist mini league. So top this week is Christian Kovac with the Hot Fuzz. And he scored 85 points this week. Very impressive. He's now on 210 points and his overall rank is 11,000th in the world. So uh, 60 points more than you and me. (laughs) Yeah, and he's a Watford fan as well. He captained Firmino this week, got 24 points. Forced doing goal eleven. What what a great shout Inspired. there! Inspired. Um, he's got triple. South, he's another another person with triple Southampton defence. So that's really paying off for him with Stevens as well and Cedric. 
as well as um, returns from Bai, Mane, Mkhitaryan, Jesus. Wow, that's yes, okay. he had you know, ex- excellent work there. So I guess um, the triple, triple Southampton defence really kind of puts yeah, us into I mean, the community. Yeah, I was thinking about doubling up at one point. Yeah, we, so we, what's, we, what's the first question from we, Stephen we, Toomey? Is it? Yeah, we've got a question on it. Um, so he asked, guys, do you still have faith in Southampton with their favourable fixture? Um, or are we putting together an, he's putting together an exit strategy for his triple Southampton defence are we mm. going to do anything about our Southampton defenders well I'm, I'm certainly not selling Stevens. of course I mentioned it earlier that I'm a bit nervous with um, Holt uh, having signed yeah. as well so there might be a rotation risk there yeah you could be feeling um, some butterflies maybe some hurricanes are going to happen in your team who knows perhaps perhaps <laughs> it might be apocalypse now you know um, yeah but I, I mean it's not, I don't think it's too bad I'm, I'm keeping I'm keeping Bertrand I think I originally meant to have him in for the first kind of 10 10, 12 game weeks anyway we'll see what happens on my wild card I'm not playing the wild card yet but I will be playing it you know, within the next section before the next international break I think or maybe at this international break so maybe I'll reassess it then if you've got three Southampton players in defence mm. maybe I'd be thinking about reducing that risk but possibly not this game week though I think there are bigger issues most likely in most people's teams like you know getting rid of some of these blankers like KDV and uh, bringing in some of the midfield big hitters so the uh, the next question is from Joel E and he's from this is from Facebook and his question is uh, what value would you place in losing 0.1 million in transfer value and would you take a hit in order to transfer out a player who's slated to drop in value or would you save the minus four um, well personally I mean Obviously, I had last week, I had J-Rod. He, he fell in value. He went down to 5.9 after two blanks. And I could have potentially taken a hit. I could have done a transfer to bring him out. But I decided to to uh, keep the faith with him. And he, he, he you know, he scored. And he's uh, yeah, now nice. rising in. Same with Salah as well. Salah was at 9.1. He was, he was falling and I kept him as well. So I don't necessarily think it's always the most sensible move to move a player who's about to fall in I, value. I think it really depends. I mean, I've got Ryan Fraser. I was annoyed that he dropped, um, frankly, because he's 5.4. Doesn't really seem to be playing, for whatever reason, Freddie Howe at uh, Bournemouth. And he was one that I really wish I had moved out. And same with Kevin De Bruyne. I think that if there isn't an anticipation of them coming through in the end in the future, so if Harry Kane, keeping Harry Kane, we both are in the anticipation that he'll come through for us and that eventually he'll rise up. If he does fall to 12.4, he will get points and he'll go back up to 12.5, 12.6. But I think that there are some players that if they are falling, it, it looks to be a terminal decline for them. Uh, you know, There's no guiding light for them to get them get back to the top, uh, mm-hmm. get rid of those kind of guys. It's just judgment to some extent, isn't it, Nick? Yep. Okay. So um, the next question the is ne- the next question is from uh, Sayum Berher. I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce that properly on Facebook. And he asked us, uh, it's a bit of a meta one, so he'd like to hear more about the game theory side of playing fancy games along with the player picks. So things like avoiding uh, confirmation bias, not being fooled by the randomness inherent in the game. Um, well, I mean, we do talk about that a lot in the psychology section, don't we? And we are quite mindful of trying to not fall into the traps that we both inevitably fall into time and again exactly i mean it's just, it's this tough isn't it like this I'm, I'm very i'm very much a victim of my own mind when it comes to fancy football so like for instance with gabby Adini, i just know that he, he screwed me over previously last year so i'd you know I'm, i would avoid him at all costs yeah. but like you said last week with harry kane Obviously, we've got I've got good memories of him delivering for me last year. So even though Harry Kane hasn't scored, which he never does in August, to be fair, <laughs> no. you know, like you I'm, still I'm, have the faith. I have the faith, and I have, maybe I had the faith too long with uh, Kevin De Bruyne because I had good memories of having him from a couple of seasons ago as well. In, and, you know. in retrospect, we're like complete psychos, then we on the <laughs> about that. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, 
it's just one of those things that I think early on in the season, uh, Sayum is is kind of random, I think, to some extent. Like, you've got to accept that there's that kind of big variance. I mean, we're seeing with the anti-meta team, the anti-template team, that they're doing really well, despite having a team full of players that no one would really pick. And, yeah, it depends. I mean, later on in the season, you have to kind of look at what other players are picking. It doesn't really matter too much at the beginning, but later on, say you're, say you're chasing points, for instance, say you're chasing your mini-lead you know, some he's got Morata or something like that. Yeah. Then maybe you wouldn't bring in Morata because you're thinking, okay, he's got Morata, he's doing very well. But I've still got Harry Kane. He doesn't have Harry Kane, so maybe I should stick with Harry Kane, hoping he comes good, and then I can actually gain. Whilst if you're in the lead, and this this is something that frustrates you a lot with um, when your your cousin Mark Money <laughs> yeah. is like when he's uh, beating you, and then you transfer in Ericsson, and then he'll transfer Ericsson because he's you know trying to match you for points because yeah, he's trying exactly. to maintain his. So especially in the mini leagues, you get a little bit of game theory going on, yeah, game, I, I, gaming going on. I, I, think, I think strategy definitely kind of develops over time, and I think, I think that's something that we'll definitely keep an eye on over the course of the year. Um, thanks very much, Sam. Uh, the next one is uh, well, this is kind of two questions rolled into one. It's from the, the Guff Group on Facebook. Hi guys, uh, it's Surav and Siddharth who have asked uh, with Aurier coming in. Uh, we spoke about him earlier in the uh, in the transfer window section. Um, is the Spurs defence uh, worth investing in now that Aurier has arrived? Um, asked off and uh, Sarav asked something very similar so Aurier looks quite talented um, but could his off-field disciplinary issues well, think, be someone be something which could uh, detract think, from I him I think there is a certain amount of uncertainty now in, in the Spurs defence obviously Kieran Trippier it's, it's been announced that he's injured as well mm. or he's got a knock so he's um, he's potentially a rotation risk now with Aurier and those that have drafted in Kieran Trippier are, are starting to feel a bit concerned I'm still very much in the Ben Davies camp, but obviously there's yeah. Danny Rose yeah. potentially coming back. You know, I still have a lot of faith in Ben Davies. I'm going to stick with him until Danny Rose is like fit and definitely playing because he's on the set pieces. So I'm quite happy with my man Ben Davies. I think those that own Kieran Trippier do need to worry. In terms of you know centre backs, you've got Toby Alderweireld, and he might be a decent pick still if you're looking for those clean sheets. There's Jan Vertonghen, but he, he never never, he never, never does never anything, does anything does so we don't recommend him because of the lack yeah, of attacking returns. I guess behind them you've got um, Davinson Sanchez who could play him and kind of Foyth on the pecking order as the new man. Yeah, don't need to worry too much about Foyth. Yeah, but so so I think with with Aurier, 6.0 in the premium bracket. We'll have to we'll have to see all his returns. I mean, we spoke about them earlier on. Um, we'll just have to see. I'd recommend just kind of watching and waiting rather than go, getting him in straight away. Um, I guess similar to that on, on wing backs, we've got a couple of questions on Alonso. So Anurag on Facebook um, asks on on Alonso, is he essential now? It looks like Chelsea aren't signing a left wing back. They've obviously signed Zappi Costa, or um, but we're not too sure. It looks like that Alexandro move hasn't come through. I think Zappi Costa looks like he, he, back up. He's, he's, he's a right. He's a right back people, as well. Yeah, so. for right, yeah, for Moses probably back up. I exactly. mean, I think looking at Oxlade as well. They were, yeah, and then uh, 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 spi- spicy meatball on Facebook on uh, Twitter also. The similar things, or should we should we consider four three three again because of Alonso's stats? And you've been obviously speaking up Alonso the whole time. You've been doing uh, who got since, the assist? Since the first pod, I talked about Alonso and I said he was the best asset to own in Chelsea, and uh, the fact that he's only seven point naught, but he gets seven point one now. Seven point one now, but he gets defensive and attacking returns. I mean, what's not to love? Obviously, he got a brace in game two. He was scoring in pre season as well. 
And, you know, he got a clean sheet, which you were disappointed with. But I think, you know, six points, you're going to get a lot of six-point returns. from the Yeah, yeah. So. I think that was just me being greedy, to be honest, because I remember, you know, last season owning him a lot. And this season, I think I quickly realised the error of my ways after seeing that brace go in. I think you're definitely going to see more goals from Alonso. You're going to see more clean sheets. You might see the occasional assists and some bonus points potentially as well. So he's got a lot of lots to offer. And he would definitely be our Chelsea pick at this moment in time. Exactly. I mean, with everyone else seemingly kind of um, maybe a rotation risk as well of the Champions League, um, with Alonso being the only specialist left back. I mean, we've got Aspilicueta, of course, who's been tran- who kind of can move around both flanks, but he's him- been playing in the centre of defence. Exactly. He I mean, gets him a lot be- of bonuses. But- yeah, I, I think you know it, Alonso. Is it worth going four three three to sustain Alonso? Do you reckon? I mean, that, that, well, that's that was, what uh, I'm. Do- that's what I've been doing at the moment, and it's working out for me. You know, I'm doing okay, I guess, but I'm quite happy with the four three. It's not been a failed experiment, to be fair. Yeah, know, well, so. you would say you would say. Well, I mean, Ake like hasn't done anything. He's been he's been the disappointment in the defence, but the rest of them all got me returns. I've got you know two clean sheets from Stevens and goals from Ben Davies and Alonso. So there's definitely value in owning attacking defenders oh yeah for sure absolutely I'm I'm not even looking at players like I mean Bailly obviously scored again but I'm not looking at players like Bailly who did previously offer no attacking well I'm potentially thinking about Bailly are you yeah that might be my move Um, because Ake's been flagged actually and uh, I've got a little bit in the bank because I sold KDB and brought in Pogba so I'm now looking at a defensive option and a switch from Ake and I haven't got any Manchester United defenders so that might be my move yeah interesting well, I guess we'll talk about that just before we end when we talk yeah. about what we're going to do next week. Um, next one is on Reddit and it's from a Conflict Free Paella. I'm not sure where that name comes from, but uh, thanks for getting in touch. Um, he asks Ricarlison versus Hesse. I think this might be a question for you, Tom, seeing as <laughs> so, you drafted in Ricarlison so this week. R- Ricarlison was brought in because of the shots uh, shots per minute I think it was about eight, well, a shot every 15 minutes he was registering and obviously that went up to a shot every 30 minutes I think it was uh, in the game against Brighton but that was because of them being a man down I think um, I think in in the long term perhaps Jose Rodriguez could come through so I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out I've gone Richarlison early because I quite like um, what Marco Silva seems to be doing at Watford whereas I think uh, Mark Hughes at, at Stoke as we said earlier Stoke seems to be having quite difficult fixtures And OK great um, do you have any more questions then? Yeah uh, Lewis asked on Facebook uh, who will be the person with Renato Sanchez who we spoke about earlier coming in uh, will he give Tom Carroll our 4.5 hero the heave-ho from, from their squad? Well, I don't know. I think Tom Carroll's still going to be a leading man, very important player for Swansea. He's been on all the set pieces practically, hasn't yeah, he? He's only 4.5. Clemens you know, seems to love him, doesn't he's, he? He's, he's a bench warmer anyway. I don't think people need to worry too much about Tom Carroll. You can have him sitting on on your bench. He might prop up with the occasional goal or assist, and hopefully and you might get some value at some point. He hasn't, you know... A, you know, achieved what we really wanted him to do so far but he's a bench warmer he's 4.5 and he plays that's all you really need for well, 4.5 funnily enough I'm playing him actually probably this week against Newcastle <laughs> well I, I played him this week and he got me 3 points I might play him this week depends what I do with Ake because um, Ake is not going to start but if I sell Ake then I might bring if I bring him by then I might go for it at the back again yeah I, know. Uh, maybe, I, I guess uh, the answer is uh, we don't know, but I'm guessing Tom Carroll is not going to be the man who gets pushed out. It might be you know, Leroy Fur or something like that. Uh, thanks very much, Lewis. Um, Chris on Facebook asks, um, are Arsenal players a no-go for the time being with their awful form, or are they worth a pump with their excellent fixtures? And of course, we pointed out that they've got Bournemouth next. 
And yep. then uh, from game week six, as we said in that early wildcard article, they've got West uh, West Brom, uh, Brighton, and then Watford away, and three very very strong fixtures all in the all in all in the row. Well, I think you've got to kind of watch them over the next two games and see how they perform. If you've got an Arsenal player at the moment, we'd probably say hold. I've got Ramsey, and I'm probably now going to hold him. Yeah. Um, if you don't have an Arsenal player, it might, it's not really the best moment to draft them in. But it's quite tempting, to be honest, with the fixtures. Even with the Bournemouth home game, that's still a plum fixture. And you know, that's something that you'd like to see Arsenal come out and play. Well, I'd and, like to see Arsenal come out and I think play. Just, uh, just as FPL fans, if you have an Arsenal player, you'd like to see something from them. If they if they disappoint against Bournemouth again, yeah. then it's, it's panic stations. You know, like, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're it's said, hysteria, isn't it? Well, we said at the start of the season, didn't we? That um, Arsenal, because Arsene Wenger's going to be focusing on the league this year, and he's come out and said he's probably not going to focus on the Europa League. It will be, it'll be all about the league. Mm-hmm. But there may be times in the year when we have three Arsenal players because I mean, they, we know they're going to be starting. We know that he's going to play the strongest team in the league. Sack off the Europa League completely. You know, play the B team in that league. You know, with Joel Campbell's, assuming he's still there tomorrow of this world, and and play the first episode. It could be that after a while we do have three Arsenal players. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to think that we're going to be you know play so badly all season we're going to get relegated. That's not going to happen. Exactly. We are, we are invariably going to have good times. Their form is unsustainable at the moment. Yeah, unsustainably poor. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's like I don't know. You just it's just wait and see. I guess. I mean. I'd be tempted to bring in another Arsenal player, maybe game week eight when you're wild carding if they do well in their next two fixtures. But otherwise, it's just it is a wait and see. I think with that yeah. question. Cool. And and I think kind of to segue into um, what we're going to be doing this week, there's a couple of questions on on the wild card, which I think may may kind of need about mm-hmm. a couple of minutes. Uh, so FPR Virgin asks on Twitter, is it a huge tactical error to wild card in game week three? We know that um, Mark um, at Fantasy Football Scout has wild carded now. Which is quite interesting, and a uh, big Lucas on Twitter, uh, sorry on Reddit. Um, do we have any advice to people on who to double and triple up on on their wild cards? Well, I can understand the appeal of wild carding now. Obviously, it's the international break, so you've got two weeks to tinker mm. and experiment with your lineups. I personally haven't wild carded. You haven't either. No, I think no. it's, it's. I feel like it's it's too early. It's, it's only game week three. You're not going to get your next wild card for another twenty odd weeks. I think it's yeah. 20, game week twenty two. It opens think, again. Yeah, something like that. I mean, we haven't. So, um, we haven't got. I think that we haven't got the requisite data to be able to say whether this player is better than this player to own. I think they're kind of looking at our squads. Like I don't think there is enough. There's enough kind of past form of players not playing very well. You have got Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, who's playing in, in a new position. But um, we don't have to be removing Harry Kane, for example. That could bite you really quickly. Bite you. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Exactly. Really. I mean, if you're looking at the, the teams in form, like Liverpool, they're playing Manchester City next. So, do you really want to bring in like double Liverpool if you've only got one, or even like do two transfers and bring in Firmino and Mane at this stage? Maybe not because they've got a tricky fixture. But um, you know, each to their own, and um, good luck to Mark. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wish him all the best. I think the only thing that if you are considering wild carding now, um, obviously that if there are a couple of injuries in the international break, maybe go for it if that devastates your team. But if you are wild carding, thinking that you're going to see you know lots of rises, I think just try to disavow yourself of that idea. Well, That's not going to happen. We haven't seen much market fluctuation in terms of rises anyway we're not going to see like 0.2 rises by any players in one in one game week at this stage but during the international break i think it's completely it's a it's a misapprehension the idea that people are going to be kind of making lots of changes what happens is that there's really clear peaks 
which is at the end of the game week. We're and very, at the start we're very the much um, looking at a market slowdown anyway. There's been only a couple of rises in the last couple of days. There's probably going to be a similar in the you know, next few days as well. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, so, and then the market will open again virtually um, in the days leading up to this game week. Yeah, it's, it's, Thursday or Friday once all the international fixtures have been played. But we subscribe very much to sort of like the Austin rule anyway to hang on to your transfers. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I, I think it, it would only be if there are kind of a few big injuries. I mean, I'll welcome back Salah with open arms and say this is the last time I'll abandon you. I want you back in my team. But apart from that, I think that at the moment I'm just holding on. As well, um, just talking about sort of the international break... Um, just like a commentary on like fixtures. I mean, those those who are drafting in Firmino, um, they Brazil actually play Colombia on the fifth of September, and then um, and then Argentina. If you're looking at someone like Aguero, they play Venezuela on the sixth of September. So it doesn't give much time for the twelve uh, thirty kickoff on the Saturday for Manchester City versus Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. These players are going to be like travelling twelve hours. So if you, if um, Argentina have their game on the 6th of September by the 9th of September you know he's going to be knackered isn't yeah he? exactly so, he's not going to play I, I, you, you tend to see a, you tend to see a lot of rotation around those times don't you um, anyway thanks very much for your community questions we'll, every week we'll have this kind of sp- specific bit uh, for you guys to ask us mm-hmm. questions and hopefully we can talk about it and give you some sense of insight uh, in between our ramblings uh, so let's move on to what we're going to do uh, for game week 4 obviously you've got a transfer Nick still in, still in your back pocket you brought Pogba in uh, for who? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne? Yep. Yep. Uh, did you catch the fall on De Bruyne? No, so I avoided the fall. Yeah, so you so saw, saw number 10. So I did it early. That's why I wanted to have two free transfers over the international break. That's how I was playing. Uh, yeah, I so wanted you... to have that flex. And if necessary, I may take a hit. But I'm looking at Ake out. Like I said, I'm kind of waiting for some of the games to be played over the international break. Yeah. I am watching the market to make sure I don't. Because Ake looks like he's falling as well, so I want to avoid the fall if, if possible. And then, if necessary, I'll take a hit to do another move if there's like an emergency transfer due to a um, last-minute in- injury. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, that's completely fine. I mean, I've um, done KDB to Ali um, for reasons sp- uh, expressed earlier that he's not playing in the Champions League, so he's absolutely nailed in the Premier League. Um, however, that leaves me 1.5 in the bank. I've still got Ryan Fraser, a running sore in my team. Um, but basically, yeah, he might go for maybe someone like Robbie Brady, who got an assist against Spurs and looked fairly creative. I mean, I don't know. That's fair enough. Fraser hasn't really been a starlight in your team, has he? No. no. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brady will be your plug-in baby. <laughs> plug-in Brady. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, perhaps. dear me. Okay, so I think that's uh, that's, that's a lot for, for this international break. Yeah, so um, just to reiterate, we are Who Got The Assist. Our website's www.whogottheassist.com you can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL yep you can find us on Facebook as well facebook.com slash whogottheassist yep our lead code is 1538-17403 as Nick said earlier Um, there is a theme every week Uh, last week it was of course the killers uh, many got that right and uh, we think FPL Chelsea was the first yeah I think so I mean we got loads of messages with uh, Nick Harris this week so uh, <laughs> if you think congratulations you're a- for all those that got it so thanks very much everybody we hope this assisted you and we'll speak to you after game week four goodbye oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Sports Social Podcast Network